This is Tech Talk Today, episode 263. Who's there? It's Jamie. Here to pitch? Who? It's Jamie. Come in. Sharks, wouldn't it have been nice to know who was behind the door before you let me in? With my product, you can. My name is Jamie Siminoff. I'm from Los Angeles, California. My product is the DoorBot. I'm seeking $700,000 for a 10% stake in the company. Consumers are currently spending billions of dollars. In November of 2013, an entrepreneur named Jamie pitched his idea for a smart doorbell on the reality show Shark Tank. But every judge turned him down. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. I just don't think it's for me. I'm out. Jamie forged ahead with the concept, and news broke this week that Amazon is buying his company, Ring, for over a billion dollars. Amazon has agreed to buy Ring, a California-based smart home company that makes video cameras, doorbells, and other security tech. The deal is valued at about a billion dollars and helps push Amazon further into the smart home market. And why would Amazon want a video doorbell, besides the obvious of getting into home delivery? It's all about going deeper into our homes. Don't think about what Ring is selling today. Think about what they're going to be selling tomorrow. Uh, But big picture-wise, what people don't realize is the next set of products coming out of Ring. And those products are going to be alarms. That's Jason Calacanis. Uh, So they're going to uh, take the cameras and the alarms and put it together. And the big loser in this will be ADT and those kind of folks who people hate and who charge thousands of dollars to set up a system and then charge you for a four-year contract at $100 a month. People absolutely hate that company. And now there's new products that are coming out where there's nothing down, 20, 30 bucks a month for the service to let the alarm company know, and you can install it yourself. So, But it's not just home security or package delivery. It's clear that Amazon wants to own our homes. Uh, in, in, in this particular case, it's clear that Amazon wants to own the home. That's Eric Caput. And they want to own the home so that not only do you have all the security and the smart home features, but that it's so easy for you to order anything you need, and then it's delivered right into your home. So it's a, it's a closed loop. It's a beautiful, uh, beautiful strategy. Yeah, ADT's down uh, almost 6%. And the experts who used to go on about how Amazon never earns a profit, well, that's changed. Let's get to the revenue. $60.5 billion. That is a beat. And that was just last quarter. The Amazon machinery is geared up and ready to win 2018. And Amazon is in a stronger position than they've ever been. And quite frankly, I think this, you know, this is part of the reason that they're going to open this HQ2 and hire another 50,000 employees. Um, it's because yeah. at the end of the day, their, their goal is world domination. Welcome back to Tech Talk Today. It's not all about Amazon this week. There's a lot of stories. My name is Chris. And I'm Angela. So let's start by thanking DigitalOcean. Head over to DigitalOcean.com, create an account, and use our promo code, Here's the Thing. It's all one word. You apply it to your account, and for a limited time, you will get a $100 credit. What? Whoa. Isn't that huge? Yeah. Yeah, it's a limited offer. In fact, just to make sure you get it, let me get the, yeah. I got a note here. Grace, give me the note. Thanks, Grace. (laughs) Uh, yeah, so it's just a limited time. In fact, to make sure you get this, go to do.co slash action slash action. How, how great is that? A hundred dollar credit. That's just one slash action though. He just yeah. emphasized. Oh yeah. oh yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I got really excited. A hundred dollar credits is just nuts because $10 in credit 
would have been enough. You can run their $5 rig two months for free. It's simple infrastructure that's incredibly powerful with tons of features on demand. You can get something spun up in less than 55 seconds. All the systems use SSDs. Eight data centers all over the world. The world's best interface to manage this. Somebody should give them an award. They, they probably have actually gotten an award. And then they have an API so you can control it automatically with some tools that have been built by the open source community or ones you create yourself. And now they've got new flexible droplets for $15 a month. You can mix and match the resources as you need. And when you got a $100 credit, you can get a lot of mileage. Do.co slash action. Or just go to DigitalOcean.com, create your account, and apply our promo code. Here's the thing. What's our first news story today? Well, it's a, it's a classic from Google. They like to come out years after the competition is miles ahead and then fail miserably. <laughs> Let's see if they do that with their new Slack competitor. It's called Hangouts Chat, and it's Google's take on Slack or Microsoft's Teams. And No. Yeah. You can't name it that. I know. Hangout chat's the worst possible name. It's supposed to be like an extension of the Hangouts. Well, program. I get, I, yeah, I gathered that much, but like Bad name, even huh? Facebook went with just Messenger. It's just, it's Messenger. Yeah. And plus, when I think of Hangouts, I, the thing is, is that it plays into Google's too many instant messaging platforms. So when I think of Hangouts, I think of one of their many chat platforms. Um, but this chat platform is going to support 28 languages at launch, Whoa! up to 8,000 members per room. Wow. Yeah. And if you think about Google, not only do they have a ton of industry partners, but they've also got a lot of resources when it comes to AI, machine learning, bots. And so out of the gate, they're going to be working with Ring Central, Xerox, Uber Conference, Salesforce, Zenefits, Jira, Trello, Kayak. The, the, it just goes on. And of course, uh, the Jiffy bot, too, so you can get animated GIFs. Or kids. <laughs> um, and you got to figure with deep integration into Calendar and Google Docs and all of Google's ancillary services like Sheets and Presentation and Google Mail and the G apps that corporations are already paying for, this might be their best shot. But Google has been really savvy with Google Apps and getting into business. And if they can integrate into that sales pipeline, this application, it might actually take off. Slack may actually have some competition coming. I just, I see... I see some, you know, well, there's problems with you any see cracks in the surface. Yeah. Or like accidentally, like in a meeting with 5,000 employees, you accidentally enable video and, and it gives you priority because there's sound on your side and you're not, a, in, you know, appropriate. <laughs> is this a thing that's happened? Because this sounds like this is a thing. I don't know. That's the first thing that thought. No, oh, to me? No, yeah, yeah, right? I'm like, yeah. really? This is yeah. a story I want to hear. <laughs> no, yeah, no. That is not based on real experience. I, I follow what you're saying. It's like when you integrate this stuff too tightly, and this actually, I totally follow where you're going. Because like the thing about Google, it's like it's really riding close to the wire of my personal life and my work life. Yes. And they really can easily get intermixed with the Google services. Well, that is a very good point. Boy, the more we talk about this, the more I like the fact that Slack is its own independent thing that when I have to go into Slack, I'm not it's not tied to any of my other services. Well, yeah. And and even greater, uh, I don't actually use Slack except through IRC. <laughs> so like that's where I'm comfortable using. Slack. Right, 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 right. And I don't I didn't see anything in any of the coverage about an IRC bridge for Google Hangouts chat. <laughs> you know, it could happen. But that's a good point. We do have a we, uh, Alan. Same thing. Mm hmm. Alan interacts with us on uh, Slack via IRC, and it's kind of a nice way to centralize some of that stuff, too. All right. Well, I've been trying to get you on the streaming music bandwagon oh for how many years? Oh seven? Gosh. Seven yeah. years, yep. maybe? Still still holding off. Nope. <laughs> so when you get a new song, are you buying them through iTunes and then syncing them to your phone with like, a cable? Like a savage. You are. That's frustrating. Yeah. So this is why I think people have given up on managing their own media. 
And I think this is why companies like Spotify mm-hmm. and Apple Music's service and, and all of those other Pandora. Sp- yeah, they're doing – well, Pandora's not doing so well. But Spotify <laughs> – Spotify just went public. They officially filed for a public offering on Wednesday. They'll be traded under the stock symbol Spot. And we've gotten some details as part of the IPO. How much money are they making? How many subscribers do they have? Well, they have 159 million monthly active users. 71 million are paying for Spotify Premium. Wow. Yeah. The company generated near $5 billion in revenue in 2017, but had uh, operating losses as high as $461 million. Hmm. They claim to have nearly twice as many paying subscribers as Apple Music, which is the worst brag ever since Apple Music is only like two years old. But <laughs> <clears throat> that's just still the truth. Um, and Spotify users stream 25 hours of audio every month on average. Wow. 31% of that playing comes from users' playlists. Hmm. People love the playlist. Premium subscribers stream more than three times as much music on average than a ad-supported Spotify user. And Spotify ended 2017 with 2,960 employees. Wow. They're on operation. Yeah. Yeah. Here's a neat little open source tidbit about Spotify. They stream all of the music to their users using Vorbis, the free open source music codec. Nice. Well, speaking of numbers, that was a lot. Now we can talk about what numbers you might need to make it as a YouTube star. Yeah, big success on YouTube is harder than you might have even imagined. This is new research coming out of Germany. Build is some of the first to review the chances of actually making it in what they're calling New Hollywood, which apparently oh, is interesting. YouTube. Yeah. Mm-hmm, new Hollywood. How do you like that? So here's here's the first big number. 96.5% of all of those trying to become YouTubers won't make enough money off advertising to crack the U.S. poverty line. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not surprised. You know, when we first started, we varied our income because we can't rely on any one source. And this is one area that has severely let us down. Now, granted, we've gone from um, less video to more audio, but still... It's one like, of the reasons why we have. Yeah, And it's just, yeah, it's not possible. Yeah. Breaking into the top 3% of most viewed channels could bring in advertising revenue of about 16,000 a year. That's in the top 3% of most viewed channels. Your yearly, this is probably post taxes, is $16,000 a year. Wow. Which is just above the U.S. poverty line, which is 12,140 for a single person a year. So this is a combination of things here. You've got YouTube's crappy ad rates, and you've also got the fact that most of all the views go to the top 1% of YouTube creators. Anywhere from 2.2 million views to 42.1 million views per month all go to those top 1% creators. And so they'll often not only have the YouTube ad revenue, but because of their popularity, they generally spin up like a merch store, uh, some brand deals with like, you know, a loot crate or a shaving club. Sponsors or um, affiliates. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And so that's really how they end up making money. Or Patreon. A rough figure is you can see anywhere on the high end of $1 per 1,000 views if you want to do a rough calculation. But that's that's not always the case. In fact, in this study, they saw that in some cases they're making as little as 35 cents per 1,000 views. Another way to say this is that 9 out of 10 views went to those top 1%. Yes. Yeah. And and like the bottom, like say you take the bottom 85 percent, they generally get a maximum of 458 views total per month. Like the the disparity between the top YouTubers and the bottom 85 percent is huge. So 
If you're thinking about making it big on YouTube, you got a long, long haul to get there. It's not impossible, but you got to crack into that real top 1% or 2% to make it. Enough with the serious stuff. It's time for the Kickstarter of the week. Kick it. Kick it. You found a doozy this week, Angela. It's drones for space operation. They got a little ways to go. They're going for 50,000 U.S. greenbacks. They've currently raised $2,190 with 12 backers. Now, they still have 33 days to go. But the whole idea here is to create some drones to go up into space and clean up all our junk. And they've got a way to start this whole thing off by helping out the International Space Station. In the past 60 years since Sputnik was first launched, low Earth orbit has become polluted with space junk. We are planning space construction projects right now, and while building magnificent structures, we cannot afford to create an even bigger mess. These drones are to be tested and operated at the International Space Station. The first drone is called the Observer Drone. This drone will position itself over the assigned work area to watch the astronaut as he works and alert him should a tool or part begin to float away so he can reach out and grab it. The other two drones are the Frog's Tongue, which, as you would imagine, is for grabbing things, and he can froggy grab it, as they put it, and then the Retriever Drone, which this is really the good one. This is the one they're really going for. It's a free-flying type of drone designed to fetch errant tools and space garbage. It's got, like, these hands around one end of it, and it grabs stuff, pulls it in, and then blasts off with the garbage. Kind of like a mixture between a crab and an octopus, just not as long of tentacles. Now, they have these different pledge levels. They're not very high. 45 bucks, you are a drone operator. No, you don't actually get to fly it. I know. If you could fly a drone in space, I would be so in on this. I would be all about that. But you do get like a polo and uh, <laughs> a badge. You can be dressed like one. You get a digital donor badge, which I guess is a JPEG. I'm not sure what that is oh exactly. Gosh, right? Yeah. Put that on your Twitter. So... <laughs> Put it on my LinkedIn. Are you serious? I'm a drone operator. So let's see. Uh, if you really want to, though, be like a baller, you got to go all in. You got to pledge $10,000. Oh, easy. Yeah. You get the logo. Um, you get the badge. You get the credits. You get to meet the chief architect. Um, but you know what I'm not seeing here is you don't, you still. You don't get a drone. <laughs> no, you do. What? You do get a drone. A prototype? Yes. You do get a prototype retriever model. The uh, Ooh. Yeah, the retriever. But I. Is it any good if it's not in space? <laughs> like, does this thing... Well, does it fly? I mean, if I it flies... I don't think so. Oh, like, okay. Well. I mean, I think it's designed to work in a zero-gravity environment. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> so I'm not sure if it's worth the $10,000. At $1,000, uh, you get all the other kind of fancy things. Like, you get a laser-engraved flight deck. You get a you get another digital donor badge, but you don't get a drone. you got to go up to $10,000 to get a drone. Hmm. All right. So we've had some fun with this. But even if it's not these guys on Kickstarter that pull this off, doesn't it kind of seem like this is exactly what we need to do is go send little robots up into space and clean up all our shit? It seems like a great idea. Yeah. Maybe they could start by just sending it to our house first. <laughs> send it to the studio, send it to your place, send it to the RV. You know, just start by cleaning oh, up. Oh, yeah. The junkyard? Yeah, right. <laughs> clean up the junkyard. That'd be then then go to space. Yep. <laughs> yep. Now it's ready. If you want to submit a Kickstarter of the week to us, go to techtalk.today slash contact. There's a form there. You fill that out. It marks it for our inbox and uh, we'll give it a go. Well, now that we have the Kickstarter out of the way, let's talk about what the next week is looking like for you. I have no idea, really. I mean, I know I'm going to scale. I'm very excited about that. I'm going to be taking off Sunday night after we record the Linux Action News and then driving till about Wednesday night <laughs> and stopping to do shows and, and all that kind of stuff. So I'm hoping to be able to produce as I go down the road, still release a couple episodes of this show, 
But the safest bet, so you don't miss anything, is go to techtalk.today slash subscribe or just plug our feed into your favorite podcast client. It's techtalk.today slash RSS. Are you still listening? If you're still listening, hit me up on Twitter at Angers, A-N-G-E-R-Z, or you can leave a YouTube comment. You think people aren't listening by this point in the show? Oh, I don't know. I just I thought it would be a it's good... It's possible. It's yeah. possible. You know, I try to keep it like 20 minutes. I'd be curious to know what people think of the length. All right. Well, I should get out of here. You can follow my shenanigans at Chris LAS. Follow the whole network at Jupiter Signal. Like she said, she's at Angers. And I hope to see you at scale. And if I don't, I hope you enjoy our episodes from scale. See you next week.